The Incomparable Podcast, number 20, television, for January 2011. We are back on The Incomparable Podcast. The topic today is television, and in this case, we're going to be talking about the AMC TV series, which premiered on Halloween uh, and ran for six episodes in its first season, The Walking Dead. It was a big hit. It's coming back later in 2011 for a second season. Um, so we're going to talk about The Walking Dead based on the comic book uh, written by Robert Kirkman. What and was it called? It was called um, Hello Kitty versus uh, Mario. Oh. They took some liberties. Yeah. Joining me today to discuss Hello Kitty versus Mario are my guests. John Syracuse is here. Hey, John. Hey, Jason. What's up? Uh, we will see. We will see, because our other guest is the incomparable Steve Lutz. I was going to say brains, but considering that um, that the source material was Hello Kitty versus Mario, uh, I guess I'll be more pure to the source material and go with It's-a-me! Um, spoiler alert, Mario. In the, in the comic, Mario wins and kills Hello Kitty. Ah, oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, but they changed it for the TV series. Among other things. I didn't even notice Mario in the TV series. Um, they were uh, really just tr- trampled all over the source material. Mario is, he's in it, but he's a very minor character. He saws off his hand and then you don't see him again. Uh, oh, that was him? That was, anyway, so The Walking Dead, um, six episodes, uh, you know, huge rating success for AMC. This is the network that puts on TV series that are critically acclaimed and yet nobody watches, like Bad Men and Breaking Bad. And in this case, they have a show that, while acclaimed, was also actually successful, which um, is kind of surprising given that this is a a TV show about, uh, you know, hungry zombies um, and a zombie apocalypse. Well, let's gauge the uh, popularity of the comic by asking, Jason, did you read the comic? I did. I I have, in fact, with me here, I have um, Walking Dead Compendium, which is, I think, the first 49 issues of the so Walking Dead. So had you read it before you knew there was going to be a TV show made from it? Yes, I had. So, I actually had. So do you think... I'm trying to gauge how much of the response of the television show is based on all oh, the comics were popular. Therefore, when they heard they were going to make a TV show out of it, it was kind of uh, like if they made a Spider-Man TV show. They're like, oh, Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man, right? I, I mean, it's a it's an independent comic. It's kind of a cult comic. It's black and white. All right, um, so nobody read it except for extreme geeks, and that doesn't explain the popularity. I, I think I think so. I mean, I think they had a really uh, savvy marketing campaign, and they they really talked it up at Comic Con, and they built some sort of buzz on. You know, they they did all the right kind of pre show marketing things. Yeah, the previews were phenomenal. Yeah, but we've seen that that you can appeal to that kind of geek audience and and have a terrible failure um ratings wise because it's just not a big enough audience on its own and the right. fact is that they got um they got a lot more than that which i'm not quite sure how they pulled it off but steve's right the the previews were great and uh the buzz was good and the reviews were good certainly there's at least some percentage of comic book geeks that got dragged in i mean you guys oh no doubt i, I think both of you were amongst those who claimed to be not fans of horror in any uh i, I don't know if i misrepresenting john here but jason that's, was certainly that's, well there's debate about what's referred to as horror but yeah in general well you i would say, say that, that the walking dead certainly applies i don't know we'll, we'll get to that uh, 
<laughs> I feel wow. like John is almost the host of the. Sh- he's asking me questions and telling us what we'll get to later, and I, I think that's I think that's interesting. But it is true. I I like the comic. Um, I had it, re- you know, recommended to me, and um, I found that it was yeah. I I thought it was I thought it was great. Although it is you know kind of brutal, and there's some really gruesome stuff in it. But it's uh it's it's drama. I mean, it's not just about the zombies, right? It, it it's about um it's about the people and in many ways the people are are um the problem <laughs> not the zombies are the, are the background it would be a zombie utopia if it wasn't for those damn people <laughs> well, that's that's kind of the classic thing with the zombie films um is more often than not that the zombies you know they they play a part but really they're they're just background for whatever human drama or whatever foibles of humanity the uh, the filmmaker wants to highlight Romero in particular used to basically all of his films are some sort of commentary on, uh, you know, the the flaws of man and consumerism and, uh, you know, how people fall apart when they're stuck in a room together and they're supposed to work together and yet they can do nothing but uh, beat up on each other and make a mess of things. There's a lot that bothers me about zombies, and that's one of them, that they're they're an antagonist that is never a character, right? Like... uh, even if you think something cliched as vampires, vampires have motivations and you can, you know, they can be characters in your story and you, you can, you know, but, but, uh, the zombies might as well be like bad weather or, you know, or, or disease, or, I mean, they are kind of disease. Well, that's what that's, exa- I was going to say, zombie stories are man versus nature, basically. Right. They, they, you know, the nature is the zombie plague, and the zombies are in the background and they're dangerous and they'll kill you, but they're, they're, they're serious like a, like a tornado or a hurricane or something. They're sort of out of your control and man is helpless to, um, you know, to stop it. It's just an unstoppable force. And how do you deal with it? It's like weather that can sneak up on you very slowly. (laughs) You know, you don't go around the corner and go, Oh my God, there's a tornado. I didn't hear the wind even pick up, but there it is around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, And then it eats your brains. So the walking dead, uh, series, I I don't know how we want to, uh, how we want to approach this. There, There are only six episodes in some ways. You know, it didn't really feel like a season. It felt almost like a mini series or like the first part of a of a season. But I guess that they only had time to shoot six episodes in order to get it on the air. When AMC now are they intending on. to do more than six for the second season? Yeah, there will be thirteen, a, a more traditional cable series uh. length next season. You know, I, I guess I can just throw it out there to start. Is is you know of of the season as a whole, and we're I guess firing off the spoiler horn here. We're going to talk about the whole season had a couple of months to finish watching it for pete's sake you already threw out the cutoff hand so the spoiler horn has to be 10 minutes ago <laughs> oh man oh, there will be a retroactive uh yeah go back horn. in you time and put anybody could have had their hand cut off you know one of the zombies even even he threw so. in the misdirection by claiming it was mario though so <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right that's right it was actually luigi Oh, now you've done it. No, no. Um, you know, <laughs> I I thought it was really interesting that they, um, as a as a reader of the comic book, that the the series does diverge from the comic book, and I actually think it's kind of brilliant because they know they've got an audience that has read the source material or will seek it out because they like the show, and so by throwing in these um, these divergent points from the comic, not only are they, I think, maybe making it shaped better for TV that it, the plot kind of maybe hangs together better. Um, but I haven't, uh, I have not read the comic. So, so explain, uh, what, what have they added? Say well, in the, in well, the- so, so, um, you know, there, there's a lot of detail. They, they focus on, on like going into Atlanta a couple of times and the comic, um, 
in, in the comic, Rick goes into Atlanta. Um, he meets the um, oh, what's his name? The guy with the baseball cap. Um, Asian guy. Yeah, the Korean guy. Anyway, he meets meets him. Um, and they basically save his bacon, and and they and they escape, and they go back to the uh the camp, and that's where they meet everybody. And in this, we meet the people sooner. Um. They have more of an adventure in the in the city the first time. Then they go back to the city. Um, they added this character of Merle, the kind of awful racist guy who they end up leaving chained up on the roof, and he and then he saws off his own hand and gets away. See, I never would have guessed that because I'm like, oh, this guy looks like he's straight out of a comic book. I guess I know nothing about comics, but he just seemed like a comic book character that you could see. So him is that on, entire on plot thread of of them leaving him on the roof completely? Completely uh, fresh material. That's or? completely fresh. Wow. Um, the visit to the CDC to visit the the guy who talks to his computer and presses buttons and uh, does research on all on his own in the in the CDC in the last episode is um, completely off the path of the of the comic. That guy doesn't really exist in the comic. And then I think the most notable thing is that Rick finds out that uh, his wife and Shane. Uh, we're sleeping together when he was presumed dead very early in the story. I don't think they changed that. They just made the character of Rick extremely dumb and unobservant. Because <laughs> he comes into the camp and everyone else knows. And right. he's just like, I think they, that's just a storyline that they wanted to defer. Yeah. Um, but but the, the fallout of that uh, through uh, various means in the comic, spoiler alert for the comic here, is that um, Shane is um, killed very early on as well and he's still kicking um and uh, you know so huge some huge divergences and yet it's also in many ways so much like the comic uh but as somebody who read the comic i think that's great because i think i know what's coming but i actually know that i don't that that i might know what the 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 arc is in general and I would love to see them go to the you know there's a prison that they get to at one point. All right, all right, don't don't spoil. The- I'm just I'm just saying there's a prison they get to at one point, and, and there's a whole bunch of stories that take place about you know what's going on in the prison. Um, and I assume they'll get there, but how they get there and what they do when they're there, I really don't know. And that's great because I I can watch the show um, while appreciating its relationship to that comic book without actually. Um, having it kind of wreck the suspense in any way, which is, it's a really, it's a nice trick by um, Frank Darabont, who's the executive producer, and Robert Kirkman, who's the writer of the comic, who worked very closely with them and actually even wrote one of the six episodes. So, so is the fact that the comic guy is helping to adapt it, is that keeping the fanboys at bay, screaming that they've, you know, gone yeah. off book? And oh, uh, that seems to be the template now because they're doing that with um, Game of Thrones, which is based on the George R. 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 George R.R., that was too many R's, Martin Novels. <laughs> he has five R's in there. He's yeah. a very complex guy. I'm, Fantasy I'm actually <laughs> excited about Game of Thrones, even though I've never read the source material and probably never would. Uh, uh, good stuff. It, really good books. But what, what they've done with George R.R. R. Martin is he's writing an episode of the first season of Game of Thrones, or has written. Um, and I think there is something to that of, of kind of co-opting the creator and having him be involved so that you can't say... You've bastardized the work because you've well, got I the mean, creator as as an ambassador of the show. Then I just think about how many uh, adaptations Stephen King has been involved in of his own work, and they've been awful. 
So well, it's not always a panacea. It's a, it, it seems to me with leaf. comic fanboys, you'd run the risk of, of having the fan base turn against the guy if if what he writes ends up being crappy. Well, I think that's always the risk, right? And, and I think that with um, Walking Dead, it paid off in a way that some of the Stephen King stuff, for example, didn't. As Walking Dead, it turns out it's a hit. It's generally liked. And so, you know, everybody's happy. And and because it's generally liked and it's doing well, the fact that it diverges from the canon doesn't seem to matter. And and it is faithful in many other ways. I mean, there are shots in it that are just right out of the comics. You know, Rick and his hat and his uniform yeah, and they, all that. I mean, love it's to do amazing. That. You're just waiting for the little comic book frame to appear posterized yeah. around the uh, still image before they go to commercial, right? Yeah, and in <laughs> some ways, I think it's Kirkman also... Um, Working with working with the the writers to uh, almost do a revision of his story. It's almost like a second draft. It's uh, you know I, I, the CDC thing. I mean the story the comic starts out around Atlanta, and nobody thought or Kirkman didn't think you know there's a whole <laughs> infectious diseases center in Atlanta that might be relevant. And so when you watch it on TV, well, like of course they go to the CDC, but in the comic he just didn't think of it. So they you know that's a good idea. It's like hey. I should put that in there. So they did. I'm pretty sure the CDC is not rigged to explode in a fireball. <laughs> I'm just, just saying that. Wouldn't that, that be awesome? That seems like, you know, they got a little overboard there. Automatic. And if it did, I, I imagine it wouldn't look like CGI as rendered by a VIC-20. <laughs> it's the most, yeah. It was pretty dead, pretty deadly awful. I don't know. I Obviously, thought, they, they burnt I their. I thought it was okay. They burnt their budget on practical makeup effects. Well, that's true. That's true. So, Steve, as a as a. A uh, bit of a horror aficionado. Um, yes, sir. How did it? How did the show work for you? Uh, it worked great for me in in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, it, it's just a, it's a delight to have a weekly show that kind of caters to the uh, the sort of niche um, interest in horror, uh, which is something I, I thought I'd never see, particularly with this much you know legitimate gore and and uh, horror set pieces. Um, it did disappoint me in some ways. Um, part of what I thought was so great about the idea of having a weekly series on zombies is that uh, I think one of the biggest failings of, of zombie films and, and uh, horror films in general is that you've got maybe an hour and a half with the characters and you've got to get to the killing. So character development is basically non-existent in your average horror film. Uh, you know, most of the characters get this sort of thumbnail sketch personality and then they're killed off or, you know, there's the one guy that gets a little more screen time and he's the survivor. Um, and I figured, you know, we've got seven hours of, of material here to work with. Maybe we'll get a bit more in the realm of, uh, you know, getting some more fleshed out characters that we care about so that we have a bit more concern about the characters and, and we don't want to see them dispatched. <laughs> and uh, And I didn't really get that from the walking dead, at least not to the extent that I was hoping I would, uh, you know, we well, still in six hours in six hours. I feel like, uh, you know, they're, they're still in many ways going through the setup phase. Right. And the people we did see die, um, did sort of feel like they were thumbnail sketches. Right. And, and it could just simply be that they're trying to get off on the right foot with the fan base and, and with the horror fans and, uh, and then they can maybe slow down a bit in the second season, having successfully sold that. Well, and having to jam enough story into six episodes to make it feel like there was a story there, I think, actually hurt them. I, I, I think um, you could see that there were there were points where it was rushed. And I think that in terms of character and sometimes in terms of the plot, um, that that it did feel a little bit like they were right. they were jamming 
uh, 13 episodes or, or 10 episodes into the six, and it didn't sure. always fit. And I mean, there were a few really nice moments, like the the scene in the boat with the two sisters discussing their father and the, the different uh, approaches he'd taken to teaching them about fishing. And then you turn around, you know, an hour later and the sister's dead and it's like, well, what the hell? Why did I, why did I just get invested in that? So it, it's, it seems like they're, they're still working on finding their pacing. Yeah, I guess I guess they're you know you inv- you invested in that because you end up the other sister is still there and now it's this you know horrible trauma, um, but but yeah I I thought it was interesting that in the last episode, um, one of the characters, um, says I'm just gonna stay and and blow myself up with the guy mm-hmm. who's here, and you know my my thought was well I don't know who you are I can't remember your name. You well, were not that soul, important. Her sole character trait that, that I saw through the previous episodes was she was the one that was always like rubbing somebody's back or trying to, you know. <laughs> We've lost uh, our masseuse. No. She's helping the guy, you know, she's holding the guy's hair while he barfs in a bucket. And... Yeah, she was very helpful. And <laughs> she's, now she's dead. Yeah. it's It seemed kind of, you know, for the tiny little bit of character that we had for her, it seemed very out of character for her to decide, ah, well, you know, I, I can't go on rubbing people. It's It's time to put an end to that. Time to go. Time to die. Um, I, I did like, I thought the last episode was very interesting. And that even after we'd only been, had five episodes with um, with these characters, to have them dropped in to this weird world where he's got hot water and electricity and it's clean and there's this guy with his computer. You know, I, what I liked about it was that it was really eerie that even after that short period of time, the normalcy of, a, of, of something that re- reminds us of the real world um, you know, came across came across as strange and creepy. Um, although I kind of feel like, again, six episodes in, it doesn't maybe have the impact that it would have had 15, 18 episodes in of finding this little pocket yeah. of civilization. But I liked it. I thought it was weird that, you know, th- they get there. And it, it did. I, I just, I thought it was such a strange change of pace. The problem is after five episodes, do you need a change of pace that that fast? It's interesting that that's something that wasn't in the comic because uh, – or I'm sorry, graphic novel. No. Uh, no, it's a comic. They, in the credits, it says based on the graphic novel and it's such a lie. It was <laughs> – the, the, the you know, they eventually bound them up into collections, but it's a monthly black and white comic book. It was never a graphic novel ever. Ah, OK. Uh, so they're just trying to lend it marketing. legitimacy that it doesn't really deserve. Exactly. It, it, <laughs> it was a great black and white monthly comic book. Period. Okay, so it's it's interesting that the comic didn't have that whole CDC segment, uh, and, it, and it makes me gives me the impression that its sole purpose was to allow them to tie up the six season or the six episode arc of the first season. A little milepost of like, oh, and then they reach this right. thing, and that's interesting, and then, and then at the end they they're back that, on the road. Uh, you know, the whole world presumably is in the turmoil of the zombie apocalypse, and you know now there's no hope, and they kind of needed a send off. I'm not sure what was in the comic at that point. I mean, obviously it's kind of fungible based on you know what they want to do, um, you know, with the with the TV show as opposed to the comic, but uh, but I, I, I'd be curious to know what happens at that point in the comic to see if there's just not a clear end point for the series there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think, I think maybe it's a little hazy and they, you know, they end up having to abandon the camp and travel on and have other adventures. Right. And I think maybe they wanted a, a crescendo that wasn't just, there's an attack on the camp and a bunch of people die. Um, did, did, um, either of you guys get a lost five from that last episode as well? I felt like I was watching, uh, 
the ha- I was back in the a hatch. Lost vibe? I, no, yeah, I yeah, no. It's it's a guy. The uh, yeah. all of our characters are out in the out in this terrible world on the outside, and all of a sudden, there's a dude inside a hermetically sealed chamber who's got like running water and and all the comforts of civilization. And they were going for that lost vibe. They missed it by like a mile. Well, I, I don't <laughs> think they were going for it, but I, I mean, that's what I felt. It's like it's like Desmond. I mean, they're basically right. going in the hatch for an episode. Like you said, if you're gonna, if, if this was a full length season, you wouldn't have gone into and out of that CDC place in one episode. There's just no way. You know, you would have you would have had a bigger lead up to it, and you would have spent at least two episodes in the place. Um, Which would have made hearing, the impact of the guy, you know, yeah. blowing himself up more and, too which and hearing that that's just... not in the comic makes me worry like now that you're telling me how far it's diverged and everything from the comic the fact that the whole cdc wasn't in there uh i, I guess like i mean i guess it was just like it came and went and sort of cleaned up after itself so it's not going to be an issue but you know, i know i had issues with the whole season and and hearing that these things were added to kind of you know tie up uh, the one through six and a little bow makes me worry more for the the next season but we'll see it's it's uh that actually just brought to mind something that now seems a little odd, which is that uh, I think just before the uh, the team in the RV shows up at the CDC location, uh, wasn't he talking to his monitor and telling it he was considering blowing blowing his brains out the next day? Right, right. It, Correct the suicide wrong, plan changes from wasn't day to the day. next day the day that he was due to die in a huge explosion with no pain anyway? Actually, the impression I got was that the by letting the people in and letting them use the facilities, he was accelerating the end of the yeah of the facility. Uh, but it was unclear using all the hot water and everything. Yeah, but I thought that you know I thought that Although was interesting. he asked them specifically not to use too much of it. Yeah, power, his so. his character was messed up because if, if he's going to be like you know. Uh, crazy suicidal where he'll lie to them and say, you know, oh, I'm a crazy person, but I'm going to act normal. Try not to use too much hot water. Oh, now we're all going to die. That wasn't his character. They didn't play him as crazy. He was rational the whole time, but he acted like a crazy person. You know, a rational person would have been more upfront about the situation they were in or whatever, and a crazy person would have hit it to the end and not had any rationale for what he was doing. So that, that character was messed up. Yeah. It looks like in the comic, uh, Steve, to answer your question, um, they uh a- after they abandon the camp they basically they go they leave there and they're in the neighborhood briefly but there's too many walkers there and then they set out again to go to and they end up finding this prison anyway without getting into the uh, details so there's so, a, a sizable arc coming just over the horizon and they yeah, probably didn't want to get into that yeah i think so so they wanted something <clears throat> to end that wasn't just let's abandon the camp um and so they they drop in the the cdc thing which wouldn't oh. be bad because the whole uh, the attack on the camp is a, is kind of a big moment. I mean, it's it's when they they no longer have a safe house. Yeah, I, and doesn't that feel like more of a capper than than them running away from an explosion behind them as they leap onto mats with a blue screen behind them? Right. And had that been episode six, they could have maybe stretched it out a bit and and added some of the character development right. that I so desperately crave. Well, I, I think I know why they did the CDC thing, and it, it gets back to my. I don't know if you can... I think you can blame the show for this a little bit, but a lot of it has to do with expectations. My main complaint about this show, so... Yeah, it sounds like you have a unifying theory on this show. Yeah, I have a unifying theory for me. Uh, I didn't know anything about the comic, and I saw the ad campaign, and it's like, uh, you know, AMC with that deep, gravelly voice guy, you know, telling you about this series. It's going to be zombies, but it's going to be serious, right? And so, from the ad campaign, what I was thinking was that this was going to be like a... Gritty, realistic, not haha fun time, not schlocky horror, uh, zombie thing. 
you know, like like a drama with zombies in it, right? Um, sci-fi setting type of thing, but very, you know, v- very grim and dire and realistic. And, Pride and Prejudice and zombies. <laughs> not quite. And and from like in the opening episode, that was pretty much the case until basically uh, the the flashback of you know pre-zombie time. Fine with that. The guy walking around around post-zombie time, not really saying anything. He's by himself. Fine with that. He's in the hospital. He wakes up. As soon as he like found another human and started having dialogue, the series started to go off to me. So I was like, this is not what I was expecting. I was expecting it's either going to be zombies have taken over and the world is a big mess and this is a series about how the world is a big mess, or zombies have taken over and this is the story of a bunch of people who have no idea why and it's realistic and gritty and it's going to be a character drama. And this show seems to want to have it both ways because the CDC episode was there to say... Let's tell you about the world, you know, let's have these people learn about the world and the situation and, and, you know, the same thing they do in any kind of movie where they have to have at some point some exposition that says, and this is, you know, you've been in your own little world, but let me tell you what happened in the rest of the world and the zombies are everywhere and here's how it happened and it started in this thing and blah, blah, blah. That's a different kind of story than you're a guy, you're in the zombie apocalypse, you're never going to know what happened to the rest of the world. That's the point of the zombie apocalypse. Just one day there's zombies everywhere, the world went crazy, especially if you're in the hospital. You don't know what happened. And then if you were in the hospital and you came out and you met this guy and he's like, yeah, zombies took over. Wouldn't you talk to him a little bit more about that? Wait a second. Zombies took over? Can you explain to me exactly, you know, what you're talking about? No, they never talk about it. It's like, okay, so zombies. I'm on the, I'm, I'm okay with that immediately. I have no questions for you. I have no doubt. You know, it, it just, I don't know. It, it seemed, it's not just that it's condensed. It seemed more... Less realistic than I wanted it so, to be. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a little confused because um, I'm not sure you can't have it both ways. I, I guess – so you you either wanted – you know, I either wanted to be like – if it was a realistic story of uh, you know what would happen if zombies took over. Now zombies are ridiculous anyway, but fine. Uh, the characters wouldn't be as calm, well-adjusted, and speak in kind of condensed fiction sound bites as they do here. There would be much less competence, much more – sloppy meaningless death and much more discussion and doubt uh, about what's going on than it's these a, people who seem who seem to be like we're in a zombie show i'm this character that you're this character let, let's go well isn't isn't that the purpose of having him wake up after it's been a zombie apocalypse for a while is that you know we don't have to see everybody else everybody's already had those discussions yeah but but the survivors who's to say the survivors are going to I mean you know as we've seen from the guys coming into the camp who's to say the survivors are any more competent they're just the lucky ones it's early enough in in the zombie apocalypse that it's not like saying where the ones who are left are the ones who really know how to survive in zombie land no they they're just lucky at this point does is is this an alternate reality where uh zombie movies have never existed it strikes me that that they should probably already know pretty much all of the uh, the uh-huh. usual zombie tropes. You, you know, know what it is like shoot that's, him in that's the, head. the problem. The problem is that all the fans think like we've seen zombie movies, and I bet if I was in a zombie apocalypse, I would know just what to do. But in reality, if you know, if you're in an actual zombie apocalypse and replace zombies with any kind of you know existential threat like weather, earthquake, or plague, no one actually knows what to do because your emotions overwhelm you, and you you know unless you're like a military soldier or something or someone with this type of training, you can't handle these situations. No one's like calm and collected. I mean, you know I'm what gonna, I mean? I'm gonna. I wish I had the reality whistle or something like that that was right next to the spoiler horn that I could blow here. <laughs> I, again, I'm you know because John, John is... it's a it's a, so it's a show about zombies, and, and what what is the purpose of any kind of drama? It's to it's to put characters in situations where interesting things happen. I know, I know. 
I, I'm not saying it like I, I, I preface this by saying it's as a, mostly a factor of my expectations. And I was I was expecting that this would be a zombie drama that took a realistic, gritty approach to what it would it really be like if zombies took over. And less so like let, the NYPD blue the, of zombie movies. Uh, yeah, that, that type of thing. And if it can't be that, the other alternative is to say, fine, it's not going to be, you know, we're not going to go for that type of thing. The characters are all going to be, you know, uh, unrealistically well-adjusted and able to handle this these amazing scenarios, and they're just going to have normal, dramatic things that happen to them that could just as well happen in any other situation, but the background happens to be zombies. And then you, if you did that really well, you get something like Lost, where the background is fantastical, but the stories are about, you know, my mommy didn't love me, my dad beat me, you know. I'm uh, still trying to wrap myself my, my head around unrealistically adjusted. I mean, there, there are characters in The Walking Dead who are, I mean, there's the guy who's digging holes, there's the you know there that guy the, digging don't get me started on the guy digging holes. There's the like, guy beating up on the, on the, on the other script. guy. They, they they don't seem to have it together that much. I think you're giving they, them too much they credit. Seem, they seem pretty calm and they don't they don't react to each other or the situation way, in ways that real people wow. would react. Which, I, which again is it's just not the show I was expecting. I, I don't be. agree at all that they seem pretty calm. I, I think they all seem pretty messed up and they they don't seem calm when they're in the department store. They don't seem like that calm when they're uh, at the camp and even when they're at the camp it's you know you get the sense that it's kind of a false calmness because they're t- they're they don't know what else to do right they're just kind of trapped there they look like they were just out camping and why in the oh. world would they think that just hanging out in the woods they're safe because zombies can't walk i mean there was i would expect to see much more discussion and argument and chaos about what the correct thing to do was rather than two weeks into the zombie apocalypse settling in in a camp you know I'm just trying to picture your expectation as a TV show, and it strikes me as being kind of a unwatchable shaky cam screams and people yelling and running around and dying. Just constant arguing. It it would be it would be more and like it's like you might as well just put a bunch of people in a giant blender and then watch as the finger presses the button and they all get chopped into little pieces. I don't know. Think of it this way. Uh, this would be to typical uh, uh, zombie genre things as The Wire is to typical, a stereotypical cop show. Uh, he makes a good point, though, because <clears throat> if you've ever watched the original Night of the Living Dead, basically the the majority of that movie is exactly that. It's uh, Carl Hardman yelling and uh, and a just constant argument about what the hell are they going to do and, you know, should, do we get in the basement uh, do we, you know, do we board up the doors? Do we waste the, uh, the kerosene? You know, do we run out to get the, I mean, it's just, it's just back and forth arguing throughout the majority of that film interstitched with the occasional cut of people in bathrobes wandering around aimlessly out in the yard. <laughs> and if you tried to extend that for more than an hour and a half or so, I, I think Jason's right. Well, I, well, the thing is for most of the people that doesn't last more than an hour and a half because they die. Because there's too many freaking zombies, and there no, not everyone is a survivalist who can, you know, kill without worrying about it and bury the dead bodies and you know chop off their heads and like people can't handle that type of thing. Well, so what do we do next week then? We have an hour of of twenty other people arguing and then being eaten. Well, eventually there will be uh, enough you know competent people left, but even those competent people will be so screwed up that you know you'll end up with. Uh, again, I'm not saying this is this is the series they should have made or anything. Like that. I'm just saying this is what I expected and how it didn't go for my it didn't match my expectations. And going the other way, I would say that a show a show like Lost, where like I said they. They have normal, you know, television drama type things with a fantastical background, but they do an amazingly good job. And I have to say, I think The Walking Dead was less high quality in terms of the writing and and uh, and uh, plotting than than Lost or the early seasons of Lost. 
in terms of performing as a regular TV show, not the realistic gritty thing that I'm talking about. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I, I, I mean, not that I thought it was bad, but I thought that it wasn't triple A level. It was like double A. I agree. If they have room to stretch out in season two, I feel like maybe I can settle back in as a different kind of show. But I felt like the way it was now, the the writing, acting, and story weren't snappy enough for like for another example, like The West Wing, which is ridiculous and silly, but it's just so damn snappy. You're like, okay, fine, I'll go along with you, right? That's I don't know if there's a, it, the West. It's so okay. So basically, John, what you're saying is you expected something at the level of The West Wing or The Wire, West Wing dialogue well, ba- and The Wire reality. I, I just I'm just saying you're setting the bar so high here. Ba- based on no, 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 no. I'm saying that's t- it's two separate two separate things it could have been like it could have been a gritty thing like the wire but zombies right or it could have been just a a, a regular double a triple a tv show like you know lost or, or west wing or whatever and i was giving an example of shows that have flaws like west wing is just ridiculous right on its face but it has enough charm and, and greatness that you're that you're willing to say oh west wing you know, I, for one, I, would love to see a scene of two zombies ambling down the street, uh, searching <laughs> for brains. The camera swoops around. Kind of you know, grunting and back grunting. and forth. And, and, it would uh, work yeah, perfectly. Walk with me, the zombie would say to the other one. <laughs> right, but it would sparkle. That's good. The dialogue would sparkle. So, you know, I, I, I agree with your point that I, I do think that, this is, that The Walking Dead is not um, at the same level as, you know, you might expect. You know, some of that... Six episodes, uh, I, I think our arguments about the, about the show actually show that it, it's not an easy thing to do to take no, something, a not. premise like a zombie apocalypse, and say we're going to do human drama amid a zombie apocalypse. I mean, that's, a, that's actually kind of a tough job, and I think that they took a crack at it, and they got some of it right. And Most some of it not so boring. Not so – well, yeah. I mean, the zombie – zombies are there to provide pressure on the characters, and right. – uh, make everybody upset and have death be, you know, threatening them oh. and, and destroy the civilization. Although getting back to the horror side, like me as a horror wuss who doesn't go to horror movies and doesn't really like being scared by movies, I was not scared, even remotely, anything close to being scared or nervous or in any way emotionally upset or even startled by anything in this in these six episodes. And Yeah, there really I isn't anything I, at all that was that was scary. Not that I was yeah. expecting that, but I'm just saying, like, if you're going to measure it in terms of, you know, from a horror wuss who doesn't watch horror movies because he doesn't like to be scared, for a thing that's supposed to be, you know, gross or scary, they yeah. either didn't get me invested enough in the characters or didn't put, you know, because you can have, you could be nervous about a character, like, you know, I keep picking up these, you know, the top of the game type of things, but like in Silence of the Lambs, when the guy's got the night vision goggles on, and he's got the hands going out to her and everything like that. That's not a horror scene. Nothing jumps out right. at you, but you're, you're scared for that person in that moment because you've spent an hour and a half of a, of a great movie watching them. Well, there's more action, right? It's like more that. of an, it's more of action than it is horror. Yeah, there, there's, there's tension it there. There's but, tension uh, and, and running and gunplay and, and actually the, Tension when they're rubbing the guts on on their bodies and then have to wander around and hope that the right, the right. zombies don't get them and then the rain comes down. Yeah, I guess I guess if you're squeamish, that could have bothered you. I guess I'm not, you know. Yeah, but that was a great. I mean, that's a great scene that that is in the comic and that is a great scene and and, and they really did a great job of ratcheting up the tension of you know okay we're out with the zombies now. Although that was almost played for comedy in terms of like oh look at this gross stuff you know. 
Uh, I don't know if I would. Well, like when they were doing the axe, it's comical when they're dropping the axe on the guy and making the squishy noises. Versus right. like, a, like a, a, <laughs> it's it's comical in a in a you've got to laugh kind of way. But it's right. Uh, but but compared to like horrific. you know a movie some uh, a movie like Saw or something, which I would never watch because I like gore does get to me if it's like real people being in pain. But like if you're gonna take an axe to an already dead zombie, I don't care. I'm not gonna. It's it's down. hard to do. Um, scary with zombies with at least with the lumbering variety of zombies and not the you know the high speed running basically a shaved <laughs> the werewolf day zombies. zombie yeah exactly it's yeah i mean they're basically they just bump into each other for the majority <laughs> of their screen time and i don't the want only Jason time, to spoil it but i assume they will start getting smarter or running faster as the series goes on i guess I'm no, i don't see why i mean we've already seen what happens inside their brains as of the no, cbc they're just episode brain stem firing just, around in shambling Although you would think they would decompose after a time. Well, I think some of them do. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you, they they basically just bonk into each other and wander the streets. And any real sense of dread you get from the lumbering zombie is just the fear that you'll be overwhelmed by so many of them that you'll be unable to run past them. Right. Or surprised. And it's so, I mean, you can't really do a jump out at you moment properly with a zombie. And this is true of... of even the well-regarded zombie films like, you know, The Dawn of the Deads and and those kind of movies. No, it's 28 Days Later, and um, I actually just watched Zombieland. Um, and the, like they, Zombieland. the zombies, the zombies are, are uh, kind of joggers in Zombieland. <laughs> A cardio, right? Yeah, well, that's right. That's why he needs his cardio. So... Which it was funny juxtaposing watching um, The Walking Dead with Zombieland, because Zombieland is a comedy. And... Um, and and yet the zombies in many ways are actually scarier in Zombieland because they are more aggressive. Um, and it's, it's just an interesting balance. Right. Whereas in Shaun of the Dead, I think the zombies are more traditionally shambling. Kind and of. it's reasonable you know, to I expect these... that a 28 Days Later zombie will jump out at you and scare you at some point. You know, the, the extent of what a, a lumbering zombie can do is kind of bleed on you, you know, kind of attempt to take a bite out of you. If, Corner you. If you happen to be, you know... A, Dehabilitated in some way. Well, well, they well they can infect you. So there's that that other thing of like even though they're not even though they're they're not harmful in that way. If they you know if if right. they you know bite you or scratch you, then you know that's it. You know they don't have to actually right. kill you physically. But... And they do that beautifully in uh, 28 Days Later. That uh, oh yeah, the scene the where scene the drip where the comes one down. drop of blood comes down and lands in the yeah, guy's yeah. eye. Yeah, well they don't they don't worry about that so much in, in uh, Walking Dead because they get blood all over them. But as long as they don't bite right. you, it's okay. It's like yes, I've noticed nobody's too concerned about having any open sores or cuts yeah. or whatever. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was weird that they, um, you know, I think that's one of those things that you can try to just ignore and say, well, suffice it to yeah. say that they don't get infected, except that they have the scenes where they're wearing the stuff before they chop right. up the zombie to rub their guts on it, and there, they're very meticulous. Right. And well, then, they had no scratches on them from the previous and then you, two weeks in zombie apocalypse. And then you've got the guy firing off his crossbows, and he's just yanking out the, 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 the arrows, and... And uh, and blood is flying everywhere, and that, that can't be hygienic, right? And the sister, you know, cradling her dead sister, yeah. just completely soaked in well, her blood. The, the rules of the show, the TV show, were established. Going back to this is not going to be a realistic TV show. They established the rules are, and the rules are: you get bit, maybe scratched, and 
as long as the character never says, do you have any cuts or whatever, in, in the universe of the show, you're supposed to think that it's not possible to get infected accidentally. Right, but they said, they, they talked about that. That's the problem in, with, the, with the episode where they rubbed the guts on themselves. Right, they made sure they were wearing gloves and they were Oh, yeah, they did do the gloves, which I was like, yeah. Yeah, so... That was maybe they'll maybe they'll pull that out later, uh, like you know when you least expect it. Uh, you know, oh, you forgot to check. You had a cut on your hand, and you're actually infected. It's also interesting that about five seconds of rain can completely clear the stench of rotting uh, flesh. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you see the thunder crack, you know exactly what they're doing. And yeah. a lot of the stuff was telegraphed. And see, but I'm willing to forgive that because I I, I, I that love scene, I love that scene, and I love the fact that they are. You know, it's too late. They're hanging out there, and they know that they're going to lose their advantage. And it's just—it's very tense, and it's—and it's also kind of funny in, in the sense of like, aha, you were smart, but uh, not smart enough. And and that's a great scene in the comic, and it was a great scene in the TV show. I think. Well, I think. See, I think you still could have done this without being the gritty thing. Is that would that should have? If I was writing the show, and I said you can't write the gritty show, but just write a regular TV show, I would have said fine. They they get the idea to smear the guts on them. They smear the guts on them. They go out there. And they immediately get eaten because smearing guts on you does not completely uh, cover the smell of your living. Like, you know what I mean? If they no, can no, smell John, you, this is the worst they, plan ever. First, they, you in know? your show, they need to argue for 30 minutes about how they're all screwed and they're all going to die. And what's the right way to do it? And then they go get eaten. Well, no, they, they would they would decide they would decide to do this. Actually, I kind of like your show because you would have to start with a, a huge army of red shirts. And basically for the first five, six episodes, they would just be trying to survive. Everyone is a red shirt in real life. That, that, that was my point I was trying to make about about uh, Zombieland. I thought Zombieland had actually, even though it was a comedy and, and, and a fun movie, the zombies felt more threatening because they spent the early part of the movie doing a, you know, a comical kind of explanation of what it takes to survive when there are zombies out there. And it was made clear that knowing what to do and having a weapon is not sufficient. Because you have to actually keep your stuff together. You get maybe one, maybe two shots. You have to be able to outrun them. If you trip and fall or you you slip on something on the ground or you don't tie your shoelaces or something, that's it for you. You're inches from death constantly, even though these guys aren't really that threatening, simply because in a life and death situation, there's there's no you know margin for error. It's not like you know playing sports or, or trying to do your job or whatever. When it's life and death and there's something trying to kill you, even if it's slow moving or something... So much can go wrong, and I thought that movie recognized that, and it made the zombies later in this comedy movie feel more threatening simply because we realized that, hey, if I was really there and I was a real person, even if I had these guns, I'd probably still be dead. So, you know, these guys better watch out. And plus then, you know, Bill Murray <laughs> bites it in a slightly different way. Just showing death is everywhere, man. <laughs> Deep. Yeah. Yeah, that's the you know yeah that Woody Harrelson is surrounded by zombies in his little box in the amusement park well, and, he, yeah. and and there's no way right he's he's got to be dead and yet he's not because it's a comedy but yeah, um, yeah. but I actually think that there was a moment to talk about zombie Zombieland for a minute I think there's a moment in Zombieland that's much more horrifying than anything in The Walking Dead honestly which is where his the flashback where his roommate or not his roommate yeah, the girl yeah. the beautiful girl next door who's never talked to him comes in and she's frightened and he comforts her and it's I mean. And it's played for comedy, but yet it's also like he's got a pretty girl and he's really excited and she's really scared and he right. comforts her and she falls asleep and then she wakes up and she's a zombie and she tries to kill him and she breaks her her uh, you know her ankle in the bathroom and all this stuff yeah. and he's running away from her. That was that was kind of awful and horrifying, although also funny. And actually, I don't know if The Walking Dead, um, you know, even with the drama of the sister dying and all of that. I'm not sure that it had any scenes that measured up to that. Yeah, and I, and I don't quite understand why, because six episodes is way longer than a two-hour movie. And again, it was a comedy. Like, 
Zombieland, you know, I give it like a B, a B plus as a movie or whatever, because as a comedy, it was funny, but not, you know, hilarious. But it did a lot right in terms of just zombie movie stuff, which was impressive. Yeah, I don't know what Steve, uh, Zombieland comparative. uh... (laughs) (laughs) It's not the comparison people think we're making The Walking Dead versus Zombieland. Haven't actually seen, but from what you're telling me, it sounds like maybe the the fact that it's primarily a comedy makes the stuff that's supposed to be scary actually that much more frightening I, by I contrast. Think, I think that's probably true. I'm sorry, now I've spoiled things that are in Zombieland for you. I yeah, didn't realize you have seen it. It's, it's like, worth renting, you know. It's Yeah, the pretty girl next door, she doesn't make it. I I'm just telling I, mean, I don't think that's a spoiler, because the second you see her knock on the door, you know exactly, you know. The, yeah. the movie doesn't invest much time in not telegraphing what it's going to do, because the point of the thing is the comedy, you know? So, as soon as you see her show up at the door. Setting the bar as a comedy, I think, does make a difference. And I felt that way about Shaun of the Dead, too. That there are things in Shaun of the Dead that, that um, you know, I get worried about the characters. And it's because, yeah, it's a comedy, but, you know, it's also no. about zombies, and anybody could die, and, and they don't care, because it's just a movie. Right. And, and, and I, I think that doing a, being in a, a comedy... It makes it maybe just me, but it makes me relate to the characters more. Not right. because you'd be joking around if zombies were there, but because joking around is closer. It's more realistic. It's than, easy to quickly like somebody when they're funny, right? Or, or like you can imagine their the reaction to say, you know, if I was in the zombie apocalypse right before I did I died, I would probably make some stupid wisecrack or, or think something like that. Versus right. if I was in zombie apocalypse, I would be stoic and heroic and, and not be uh, perturbed by people dying around me and be a hero. And like people have harder time imagining themselves doing that than saying I would think something sarcastic to myself right before I died. So let me ask you guys, do you think that there's a fundamental issue with the fact that The Walking Dead is a TV series that, you know, in a movie, you can introduce all sorts of characters and you can kill them off at any point. And it doesn't really matter because the movie only is going to be 90 minutes or two hours long. Walking Dead, you know, you know, I know they're trying to make it seem like anybody can die at any time, but there is also a feeling like we've got this cast of characters and uh, we've got a long way to go. And so I'm not quite sure I feel the same jeopardy. I mean, I feel some but not as much because I know that, you know, it's not like they're going to kill everybody and then introduce a new cast the next week. I think they struck a good balance with the zombies coming into the camp at the end, because at that point, again, knowing nothing about the comic, I didn't see that coming in terms of that many people die. Because they settled into the camp. I'm like, all right, is this going to be the cast of the show? Maybe one or two people died. And they took out a whole bunch only six episodes in, because which I thought it was poetic justice. And they've thinned out their group pretty seriously. So, yeah, right. I, I, I I, I would agree with you. I, um, I don't think up until that point I had really been that concerned about them sustaining this over over the long haul. But at this point, their group's pretty thinned down. I mean, I, they had a huge uh, group of obvious, you know, marked for dead red shirts, and I think most of them got either wasted or or went packing to find family members or uh, right. or, or decided to explode. And uh, and so what they're left <laughs> with is is relatively small. So yeah, yeah, I am curious about how they're going to extend that. There's always more actors. I mean, well, yeah, I, I think that um, you know, and again, I, who knows what they're going to do? But but uh, if the comic book would tell us anything, or actually, if logic would tell us anything, there are going to be other pockets of people out there, and they're going to meet yeah. them. And this, you might get combinations in different ways, and people come and people go. Um, you know, but you're right. It, it's it's funny that they did load up the cast with people they they could kill in the first six episodes. I think that's reasonably fitting, and they really just pin they pin the show from scene one onto Rick, right? 
which is, I, I don't know if that's the same as the comic, but oh, like, yeah, yeah. he's the guy, right? So he's, he's the, the only guy. one who needs to survive for the show to continue as far as I'm concerned. Every single other person is is up for grabs at any point because they leave the show or whatever. So the, the narrative is tied around him. If he were to die, not because he just simply wanted to leave the show after season three or something or whatever, uh, then you might have a problem. But uh, everyone else I don't know, is though. Is grabs. Rick really a strong enough character that you could completely wipe out everybody that's around him right now and replace him with a revolver? No, not now. Class? I mean, that's their fault for, for writing it. But it's clear that, that, that he's – if you're looking for who's the protagonist is Rick. In right. the show, it's they yes. don't they don't pussyfoot around. It's not an ensemble. It's not like Lost, where you can say, oh, "Was Jack the protagonist?" No, Lost was much more even-handed with spreading the love around. And not that you thought Jack was going to die or anything, but it had many uh, primary leads, three or four or five, you know, tent poles. Whereas Rick is the is the one in this show so far in just six episodes. Yeah, that's definitely the case. So overall, um, Steve, thumbs up. Yeah, I dug it. Um, you know, the the only disappointments for me were, like I said, the, the sort of a lack of taking advantage of the more time that they had to, to build up the characters a bit. And then maybe a little initial disappointment in the first episode by how much of what I was seeing I had already seen before in some previous film. And uh, it's interesting. You go online and much is made about how similar the first episode or at least some elements of it are to 28 days later, you know, with him waking yeah. up in the hospital and then he wanders around sort of groggily for a while, kind of miraculously not running into any of the dead that are <laughs> inundating the whole neighborhood and the, or the whole world. Um, and then, you know, he kind of gradually finds his way to some, some area where there's, there are vast concentrations of zombies. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I did get a lot of deja vu feeling from that first episode, not so much from the later episodes where it seemed like they were they were really trying to go more for the drama aspect of it, which hasn't, for obvious reasons, been explored much in the in the zombie films. Right. It's almost like they wanted to make a zombie movie and then say, all right, that's the first episode. Now what? <laughs> but I have to feel for uh, what's the guy's name? Kirkman. Yeah. Because apparently uh, 28 Days Later came out, I guess, a few weeks before or a few months before the first episode of the walking dead uh was was scheduled to be published so of course it had gone to the printers he'd finished it and uh and then in comes this film that's very well received and and uh you know it opens with basically the same yeah basic premise <laughs> yeah yeah well he's done all right for himself i think that's uh you know because i think that that comic has run 70 plus episodes now and or 70 plus issues and and he's got a series and, you know, he's doing okay, Robert Kirkman. Um, who, by the way, has uh, written a superhero comic called Invincible that I also like a lot. Um, so people might want to check that one out. And, uh, and they're looking for a kind of teen uh, angst superhero, uh, but still fun. Lots of action and, and actually some uh, bloody fight scenes where um, if you get superpowered people together and they beat the hell out of each other, it, you know it would be really bloody and it is, which is actually kind of cool. So Kirkman is not a, not a afraid of the blood. Um, you know, and I think his story over time, the walking dead story evolves, um, to explore all sorts of things that are, are, you know, interesting, interesting, uh, uh, ways of viewing, uh, uh the, the world of the zombie apocalypse. And I, if I'm looking forward to anything from, from the walking dead, the series, it's that it's the, it, you know, having the, that length of time, uh, 13 episodes for a second season to tell, you know, more of these stories and get to know more of these characters and not have it be the, you know, quick hit, 
you know, here they are and now they're dead kind of thing. To, to I'm, really I'm a little worried we'll out. get into a rhythm where each episode we're presented with some new set piece that they travel to. Oh, you know, yeah. Like the CDC oh, yeah. building and then in the course of 45 <laughs> the minutes. The nursing home. Know. Yeah, it's like <laughs> exactly. the Incredible Hulk. You know, there's a new – they travel to a new town and they right. meet yeah. a couple people and they solve a crime. And, they... and things are basically the same at the end of each episode as they were at the beginning except maybe they're short one – massage therapist you know if they do if they do the, the prison storyline right um and i'm really not giving anything away here other than to say if they do that right that could be the that could be a an entire season um if not more because you know there there's a lot of complexity in a story about if you find a prison you know and you think this is designed to keep people in but now you're, it might you're be slipping useful. you're slipping no no back. i'm just no, no, I'm not. I'm not. Well, you know, if if, if, if I'll fire off the spoiler horn here, but I, I, it's really mild. All I'm saying is, logically, you're in the zombie apocalypse. Po- apocalypse. You find a prison. You think, say, if this is good at keeping people in before the apocalypse, maybe we could use it to keep people out, yeah, like zombies. Yeah, lo- logically speaking, that's that's the the thing about all these shows is that like. After the zombie apocalypse, people still have the same basic needs. They want safety, food, shelter, right. security, right? They don't want to be the Incredible Hulk wandering from town to town, always on the move. Right. Like People don't like to live like that, especially since most people in America, anyway, don't live like that. You find some place to live, you settle down, maybe you move every couple of years or something. But even you know, even if you're an army brat and you move you know, every two years, it still seems like you're a nomad. After the zombie apocalypse, you're like, what's the end game here? Do we just wander around our whole life running from zombies? Or do we you know, find some place to settle where we can be safe? Do we rebuild? civilization right. we, you know eventually that's got to come up so if the prison is there is there eventual reckoning with saying you know what are we going to do in this series are we just going to constantly go from city to city fleeing zombies because who's to say there's not more or less zombies over there let's try to make a life for ourselves in right. some way in the you know zombie world I, and i assume that's what they'll do is they'll they'll um they'll follow that storyline and and there's a lot of complexity there because, like, who's in the prison? Are there zombies? We'll see. No, no prison in season two. You know, just well, now I'm afraid we're going to spend the whole of season two treading over the the uh, well-trodden ground of Dawn of the Dead. How Which, so? I, I, if it's well-trodden, but they do it well, I'm up for it. But if, if you know, yeah, basically, a a small group ends up holding up in uh, in a shopping mall, which at oh, the time yeah, yeah. the film was made were basically new. You know, they didn't have a whole lot right. of them. So that was kind of a new concept in itself, but uh, yeah, they they barricade the doors with some semis they find, and they they basically dispatch the uh, the zombies that are wandering the mall, and kind of go they go through phases where at first they're just happy that they're not constantly afraid of being trapped and eaten, and then they sort of gradually realize that uh, that um, you know they can they're go trapped. on this sort of consumer you know shopping spree where they go through all the stores and they you know they get the fur coats and. Uh, you know, they have these gourmet meals that they make from, from them, for themselves, from, you know, what's, what they've got stocked in the mall. And, and then, uh, shortly after that, they go through a phase where basically they're just depressed as hell because they realize how, how empty and, and shallow their life has become. And, you know, they've kind of barricaded themselves into this, uh, this depressing message to this movie. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's subtle (laughs) as is George Romero's way. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and then in the end, of course, uh, the thing that finally tears it apart is uh, a roving gang of uh, of bikers discovers that they're holed up in there and realizes it's not zombies in there. There's people in there, and they kind of come to the conclusion that you know there's a bunch of guns and whatnot in the mall, and and uh, naturally they come blazing through the barricades and kind of ruin their whole little life they've set up for themselves. So, <clears throat> but uh, I, I foresee something similar happening 
based on what you're saying about this, the, the prison. I, I think it depends on how they they executed, but um, but maybe uh, without you know, Kirkman's, Kirkman's story is a little more complex than that. There's some other stuff going on, and because you know it's not isolated, and there's other other people, and there's other uh, other towns out in the world, and um, and you got to get supplies, and I mean there's there's a lot going on. And I hope that they they go down that path though, because there's some really um, the fertile ground there. I'm assuming a Jericho guy will come back in season two as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's in the pilot. Lenny James, I think, is the name of the actor, and and uh, you know, and he Rick is leaving messages on the radio for him and tapes yeah. the cars and stuff like that. And you know, I kind of hope we do see him again. I'm not sure if he comes back in the comic or not. I think I read an interview with Kirkman where he said uh, that he wanted to revisit that character at some point, and he just hadn't worked him in yet so he doesn't come know. back in the comic because i thought the tv show telegraphed exactly what was going to happen to him in season two which i don't want to say in case i'm wrong but yeah i, feel I, like actually I know think, what his fate is i actually think he doesn't come back or they just did a one shot where they told some some of his story or something like that but it's not you know it's in the comic it's not really much of an arc but that's not to say that it wouldn't be a huge part of the of the tv show that's the beauty because of it they spent like a whole episode and a, and a bit on this one guy out of six episodes, so he's got to be, you know. Are you thinking know? he's going to be reunited with his wife? You want me to tell you what I think is going to happen to him? Yeah, yeah. In the TV show? I think he's going to get bitten, bitten by a zombie and his son's going to have to kill him. When you, when you point this gun at something, son, make sure you mean it. Uh, ah. See, I, I think his wife's going to zombify him, and maybe then the son will dispatch him. I, I don't know how he's going to do what he he couldn't bring but himself to is do. Kids, kids got to kill him. Kids, kids got to see his mother like that. Then his father's going to get bitten. I don't know if the kid will be able to kill him. If I was writing the show, the kid wouldn't be able to kill him and then would die. But you know me. Uh, but I think he will be able to kill him. Be very emotional and dramatic. Yeah, I don't think I want to watch your show, John. That's really. <laughs> you would love my show, man. I don't know. Did you not like The Wire? I don't remember. I love The Wire. Yeah, you would like my show. Um, so John, in the end, I, you, you know, I'm, I'm hearing your criticism of the walking dead. Was it w worth watching? Oh yeah. Like I give the actual show that I watched a B minus. I just give it an F compared to the show in my head. All right. B minus so isn't bad considering the, uh, what you've been saying for the last hour. You had high expectations. Well, uh, I do. I did. And I, I blame the ad campaign. The ad campaign was aimed squarely at like it. it if you took the ad campaign, it matched perfectly with what I, what I wanted in my head and what I was expecting. It just didn't match the show because the ad campaign was was just, you know, they didn't show you a lot, which is always good. Leave a lot to the imagination and just be just deadly serious and dramatic and the music and, the, the you know, the typography and sort of everything about it. Nothing dissuaded me from my notions, let's put it that way. So, Thank you to Steve Lutz and John Syracuse for joining me. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, you. Exterminate. Thank you. Thank you, Robot John. And that wraps up this edition of the Incomparable Podcast. Until next time, I'm Jason Snell. Thanks for listening. This has been the Incomparable Podcast. Visit us at theincomparable.com. Robot John Syracuse. Huh? It's not really, it's not really like a robot. It's just a plain old guy flaky flaky. Because I got it. Last time you played it back, it didn't sound robotic. Well, you know, it's more like you're the you're like the personification of the bee king. <laughs> Send your bees to kill us all. Honey, honey, ring, ring, honey. Yeah, but it's That's not as hell, really. Yeah, it is. You know, what you need to say is release the bees. <laughs>
Not the bees. You would like Come that for your, you would like that for your soundboard, wouldn't you? I would. Come my bee soldiers, attack! <laughs>